Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to A Great Destination. It's The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. We hope you have the opportunity to spend the next 60 minutes with us. We've got a lot of great stuff coming your way. An interview with uh, Dave Bolter, who's the founder and president of Buzz Agent out of Boston. Dave is uh, in Boston this weekend. That's a good thing. We've got... Uh, Let's see, Patrick Meyer out of New York, Sex and Pipes one version 1.2. Hmm. Okay, this could be very interesting. That's a little bit later on this hour. And in just a few minutes, Jeffrey Gittimer, our sales trainer. And, uh, you know, Brad, you like to tell jokes, and you're good at telling jokes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't uh, and can't, mm -hmm. but they should try anyway. Uh, Jeffrey's talking about humor today and how it uh, actually results in an opportunity to uh, to break the ice and have a have a sale. So how are well, you doing? Doing great, and I agree with that, don't you? I mean, nothing. At least when a salesman yeah. comes in and bugs the hell out of you, at least you can laugh while you're kicking his rear out your office or <laughs> something. But yeah. it does break the ice, make people Humor's feel a, a little thing. more comfortable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Dave Balter, founder president of Buzz Agent, uh, over ten years experience marketing. Previously, uh, founding and running a couple of promotional marketing agencies, and here is the one that he is also a founding member. A founding member, which means he thought of it all by himself, of the Word of Mouth Marketing Association. I wonder who he told first uh, after he yeah. founded the thing, right? Well. And he's co-chair of uh, WAMA, or WOMA's Ethics Council, which mm. means he probably keeps it clean, mm. uh, and a frequent speaker to corporations and universities on the subject of word of mouth and non-traditional uh, media. So did you find what you're looking for? Not there? really, okay. but I will soon. <coughs> so, tap yeah. dance in here. We have, uh, we have a lot of great stuff coming your way. Glad, uh, glad you're with us on the advertising show. I was actually looking for Dave's uh, website. Since we made fun of his uh, company last week, we said buzzagent.com. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great uh, destination, bzzagent.com right. is, is the website. And you decided you were going to ask uh, Dave if he wanted to buy a vowel? Yes, and he'll probably mm -hmm. buy a U. Yeah. You, ever get, you got your water good. Okay. Yes, I did. But uh, So what's, what do you got there? Well, you know, we were talking about XM and, and Sirius off the air before coming on uh, the today. And how many years ago was it that we mentioned that we thought there's a distinct possibility that both XM and Sirius mm -hmm. may merge one day? Right. We said that. Oh, yeah. At absolutely. least two or three years ago. Yeah. And? Well, apparently uh, a gentleman by the name of David Frere, who is uh, XM Satellite Radio, is basically responding to questions being asked about this. He's, he's say, saying, he said last week during the Bernstein Strategic Decision Conference in New York that he acknowledged that many economic benefits to having only one staff did exist, of course, but Frere uh, pointed out that the uh, subscription radio provider has far from different constellation systems and questioning who would govern what and so mm -hmm. forth. But right, the fact right. that they're talking about it and, uh, can, you know, that, let's just say that they're not saying, no, it's absolutely out of the question, mm -hmm. is probably code for we're talking. Probably is, yeah. yeah. We're in negotiation stages yeah. right now. Yeah. Although it is nice to have a couple of different perspectives, I suppose. It'll be interesting uh, to see if they can both weather, uh, you know, you're right. It's always good to have... Uh, have two choices. That means that they both will, will compete and do better and provide mm -hmm. better product. But uh, yeah. from a uh, from Wall Street standpoint, I'm not sure if uh, if the market can currently mm -hmm. handle two. 
Okay. Or support to. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That, that's that's a good point. Why don't we uh, Why don't we bring on Jeffrey here on the advertising show? I want to talk about the Flying J Truck Stop Company. <laughs> you've probably seen them if you've been on the road. They're out there, and buddy, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But here's a, a little bit of humor from Jeffrey Gittimer on the advertising show. Quick takes on sales and customer relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Making people smile or laugh puts them at ease and creates an atmosphere more conducive for agreement. If they agree with your humor, they're more likely to agree with purchasing your product or your service. I believe that making people smile is a major key in selling. The prospect may not be interested in hearing about your stuff, but they're always looking to smile or laugh. Developing humor takes time. Like all other sales skills, it's got to be learned. And yes, there are some people that are naturally funnier than others. But if you're not very funny, you can learn. The best way I've found is to pay attention to what happens to you. Humor not only helps make the sale, it also helps build the relationship. Laughter is mutual approval, and mutual approval is the fulcrum point of selling. If you can make them laugh, you can make them buy. But Jeffrey, I'm not a funny person. My, my sense of humor is about zero. So go out and study humor. I'm riding down the road with one of my old girlfriends. And she's lamenting to me about the fact that she can't quit smoking. Tried everything. I said, have you tried that gum, that nicotine gum? She said, yeah, I tried it, but I couldn't keep it lit. I walked into a room of guys that were smoking about six months ago, and I recounted the story. They laughed, and they bought. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad... It may be because your ad sucks. Jeffrey's a sales trainer and does a great job around the country. Has a great uh, uh, e-zine uh, e thing called Sales Caffeine, which is great. Uh, we get that uh, once a week here. Yeah. At the office. And he has a uh, bestseller. I think he has two on the bestseller. Yeah, the, the one, uh, the, the, I forget what it is. I've actually Little Red. read it. It's at home in the bathroom. <laughs> It's not nice. <laughs> Little Red Book of Selling, I think it's called. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. close enough. So Flying J Truck Stop Company, right? Yeah. Flying J, you've seen them uh, out there. You probably stopped, paid too much for gas, responding to a federal copyright infringement and unfair competition lawsuit by ABC, CBS, and NBC, and Fox, and the other networks, mm -hmm. and uh, all God's children, uh, defended its practice of substituting commercials it sold for network spots on channels provided by Echo Star Communications, uh, Dish Network, uh, by uh, likening it to to, to using a remote control to change the channel. So what they're doing is they're reselling space on ABC, CBS, NBC, and all the other networks. That's funny. I don't think you can do that. No, uh, not legally. Flying J. So yeah. look for prices to go up soon at the Flying J truck stops because they're going to have to pay somebody big well, time. And, you know, they just announced... Uh, uh, what are we talking about? TV at the pumps this week. That's right. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got an article. Uh, what is it? Uh, video. Yeah, video ads to play from gas station pumps. 
gas station TV. Right. I think that's really cool. Well, it is, and it's a good way to take your mind off the price of, that you're paying. I suppose. Yeah. Well, actually, they ought to lower the doggone price if they're going to make you watch ads. Well, that's a good point. And here's the other thing. You're talking about Sirius. Uh, how about bus radio, Brad? Have mm. you heard about that? No, I try to stay off the bus. No, this is for school buses. Bus radio. I think this is really cool. It's uh, And maybe uh, maybe Dave knows about this as well. It's a, it's a mass startup bus radio plans to broadcast radio program via, via a private network to school buses in districts nationwide with content including music and advertising aimed at school-aged children. They're mm-hmm. going to put the dog on TVs in the bus. Bus radio, or not TVs, radios. Bus radio is currently testing the service but hopes to launch by uh, September of uh, 07 to an audience of about a million uh, students. That's from the Washington Post. Well, there's a fight that breaks out. The driver turns the audio up and just keeps driving. That's right. Yeah. And she looks the other way. Sure. That's not good. Yeah. We'll be back with more of the advertising show with Ray Shulens and Brad Forsyth here in just a minute. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. You know me. Would you believe I'm Bugs Bunny? I'm also the voice of many other cartoon characters. But in here, they don't care if I'm Elmer Fudd. So I carry an American Express card. The one card I need for travel and entertaining. It's the Advertising the- Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. And our special guest for this segment and the next uh, two segments beyond this is uh, out of Boston, uh, Dave Balter, the founder and president of Buzz Agent. Dave has over 10 years' experience in marketing. And we talked about uh, he had uh, two promotional marketing agencies, the most recent uh, in October of 2001. He's also spent a number of years uh, working for a variety of corporations, including Kessler Financial Services, uh, where he's managed uh, direct marketing and affinity program implementations for Fortune 1000 clients and, and Web and & Company, where he analyzed circulation and fulfillment operations and performed statistic, statistical <laughs> modeling for uh, uh, consumer catalogs. Here's the one that I really like. Uh, he was named the top seven individuals changing the face of beauty by Women's Wear Daily in 2004. Mm. Yeah. And we talked about, Brad, we talked about uh, Word of Mouth uh, Marketing Association. Dave, what is it, WAMA or WOMA? Uh, it's WOMA. WOMA, yeah. okay. Right. Well, we've got to say that right. And, of course, Women's, women's Wear Daily is WWD for those in the know. Yes, yes. that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Big on Ws. That's true. So welcome to uh, NZs. Welcome to the advertising show. It's great to have you here. Dave. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, curious with uh, all that background, Dave. Like, how did you decide on uh, an agency for word of mouth? I mean, could you have maybe considered at that time that you were getting into something that perhaps could be trendy, and you'd be reinventing yourself a few years down the road, or what was the decision there? I mean, the 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 key was really I was I I got bitten by the bug of of word of mouth. I you know I I read the Tipping Point, I'd read books like Anatomy of Buzz and Diffusion of Innovations, and it was. It was clear there was something here. There, you know, word of mouth is powerful mechanism. Yet nobody had really, really harnessed it. And so, um, when we started it, though, I just thought it was a nice, fun, interesting concept. And I'd, you know, probably have a nice life working in a business doing something like this. And uh, it ended up taking off pretty quickly. So we're we're quite excited about that so one. So that was back in '01. And when did you feel? Of course, I think everyone understands now that uh, word of mouth is something that will be around for a while. When did you feel that uh, what you had started back in '01 as a word of mouth firm was more than a trend and it was sustainable for the future? Right. So the it took up for the first year it was really tough. Um, we got thrown out of uh, plenty of advertising agencies. We were told by many clients, no, we actually couldn't give away programs for free. Um, and it, it took a while, but it felt the summer of 2003, 
everything changed. Mm -hmm. It was like companies had suddenly woken up to the idea that some of what they were doing, you know, and they'd been doing for the last 50 years wasn't working as well as it used to. Um, and wow, if, if you could get consumers who were passionate about a product to share their opinions with others, home run. And was there any uh, key events or milestones that happened back in 03 to make everyone wake up, or was it just a general wake-up call for the industry? Um, there were some. We'd, we'd actually started to put out a case study or two that really clarified how you could organize and measure word of mouth as a, as a medium. Um, you know, there were, I think, uh, you know, in essence, there were cases out there and studies out there that started to show this was this was able to be, you know, harnessed in, in many ways. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think I think more of it had to do with stuff outside of Buzz Agent, though, and outside of the word of mouth industry. It was it was sort of the, the fragmentation of other media forms and you know data that that some of these other other types of forms of media weren't producing results the way they used to. And is it the fact, Dave, that uh, word of mouth, it's certainly not a new marketing concept. I think it's just something that's being more managed, I suppose, or more recognized as a potential channel, don't you think? That's it exactly. It is, it's always been here, always been something that's been powerful. It was sort of a lucky get if, if you know, marketers were able to figure out how to do something with it. Uh, what's happened in the last five years are really um, you know, ways to accelerate it, ways to strengthen it. And I want to, I want to clarify: you still can't manufacture word of mouth, you can't manipulate it, you can't, you know, um, deceive it, but you can make it better and stronger. Oh, great! Yeah, I guess there's my cell phone, Ray. <laughs> Don't get that. That's uh, someone's calling to tell you something. That's my uh, wife checking to see if we're, we're really not doing taking calls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's start with an easy one. Define for us, Dave, if you would, uh, definition of, of word of mouth marketing, if you would. So, word of mouth is the actual sharing of one opinion or two opinions between two or more consumers. Hmm. So it is the it is that that dialogue we have with each other where we're recommending a product or service or or even just explaining our own opinion about it. And so the role of of your of a firm like your own uh, in dealing with a client would be what? Um, the role of us we have so we have a network right now of about 180 uh, 7,000 or so volunteer brand evangelists or individuals who've signed up to say, I want to be part of a word-of-mouth program for um, a product or service that's right for me. Mm -hmm. And we, so what we do is we, in essence, allow that we segment those people and allow them to get involved in word-of-mouth campaigns. We provide them products to try. We provide them some education and then release them to the world to tell others what they think um, totally honestly. They're not scripted. They're not paid. Um, but they're c capable of sharing their opinions with others in in a way that we can manage and measure. And I want to make sure everyone heard that. That's 180,000. Yeah. That's and we're growing yeah. um, organically by 4,000 or so agents every week. Um, we just launched actually in early May in Canada. So, um, so you know, that, that network of agents is starting to grow as well. So 180,000 volunteer, no, no payment. Right. Hmm. That's it exactly. All yeah. volunteers, but the payment... And this is probably the most interesting part of the system. The payment is what we call social currency. And the people who involve themselves in these campaigns feel in the know. They feel like they've got cool things to talk about. They get to try products before others. And you'll find if you sort of start to pay attention to how we communicate, it's pretty – you get a good feeling when, when someone asks you about a product or service or um, when you know about something that someone else doesn't know. Um, very important. So, so all that together um, – 
you know, really is what is what drives this. It's it's the idea of getting involved with the brand. You know, next segment I want to drill down on how you guys approach that. I assume that there's some commonalities among a lot of different uh, firms, but yet there's perhaps some proprietary uh, uh, approaches that you guys may in, uh, embrace. And we'll... right. So there's there's lots of ways. I mean, I mean, I think in in the entire industry of word of mouth and what Woma would would you know prescribe to and, and tell people to you know to really follow is you know this. All models, however you engage consumers, it's got to be trusted, ethical, uh, no deceiving other consumers. Um, in our in our sort of code of conduct, we tell people to disclose that they're involved in a word-of-mouth marketing program, uh, that they're a volunteer. So all these things are the same for you know any company that's joined Woma and any company um, that we hope continues to grow in the space. Well, and give us a sense. I mean, is everyone paying attention to this to these rules and regulations? I know it's all self-governing. Or do you find are there a few out there that are ignoring it and going their own way? Or um, there are there are certainly companies out there that don't follow effective rules. So there's um, there's companies we call shill marketers where they hire actors to you know paid people to fool us in our everyday lives and and. Uh, I'd imagine many listeners actually have had a shill marketer fool them mm-hmm. um, without ever knowing it. These are people who don't tell you that they're they're marketing a product or service. They're in bars, they're in coffee shops like Starbucks, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at events, so um, very deceptive um, and not very healthy for uh, for for us as consumers to to know that this is happening. And that's what really. we that's what we know is stealth marketing, right? Stealth marketing, exactly. Yeah. Stealth and shill marketing are the yeah. two terms that are most often used. Well, the bars that uh, Ray and I hang out in, you know, the the people that are there, at least the people on the dance floor, aren't wearing much, so they can't be hiding much, can they, Ray? <laughs> they I mean, probably they it's pretty probably much right aren't, there. But maybe they're marketing something else. All yeah, I know is Ray true. says, "Do you have those fifty ones? We need to go have a drink." I don't understand what that's all about, but I. Okay. But I do bring the ones. You know that's not true. Yeah, we've just yeah. less than, a, what, 30 about seconds? About a minute. About a minute here. Uh, I would assume that there's more of a trend of clients reaching out to you nowadays than you having to go pitch your services. Is that the case, Dave? Well, there's, you know, there's always both. There's always clients that we see that we say, you know, that, or, or companies we see that we'd say that would make a great client for the business. Um, you know, we really do practice what we preach, though, and, and um, you know, our business is driven primarily by word of mouth. So... Agents sign up organically, and clients come to us looking for often. Our special guest here on the advertising show is Dave Balter, who out of Boston uh, this weekend, founder and CEO of Buzz Agent. That's bzzagent.com, uh, as a matter of fact. Hope you can stay with us here. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. We'll have Dave for a couple more segments, and a little bit later on, we've got uh, Patrick Meyer as well for you, too. Here at the advertisingshow.com, it's a great website made possible by our good friends and a great team at shippel.com. That's S C H I P U L.com. And a program called Tendency, which really activates uh, your website. So check it out, shippel.com. Back in just a minute with more on The Advertising Show. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Stronger than dirt. This is the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth at theadvertisingshow.com. And our special guest out of Boston this weekend is Dave Balter. Dave is founder and CEO of Buzz Agent. That's bzzagent.com. Dave, welcome back to the Advertising Show. Great to have you here. Thanks. 
for having me. Yeah, Ray and I are both intrigued with the 180,000 volunteer word-of-mouth agents that you have, uh, that you employ. I guess employ may, may not be the right word, but it's certainly it's networked uh, through Buzz Agents. Sure. And uh, I want to go back to that group. Uh, any particular uh, demographics of these agents, C-level execs, housewives? I would imagine it's all over the board, isn't it? Right. This is this is perhaps the most what I, what I consider one of the most fascinating things about this, based on what we thought was going to happen when we launched the company. When we launched, we believed it was going to be sort of um, you know twenty somethings and technically you know really you know advanced and people were early adopters and this one subset that was really going to join the system. Um, to date, we have uh, twelve thousand agents that are fifty plus. Um, the average age of an agent is 31, um, 50% are over 25. There's just this whole category of, you know, people, but they don't fit any typical profile. So we have C-level executives, we have, you know, engineers and housewives and, you know, um, you know people who, who it's just all sorts. And so um, this is what's amazing to me. It, you know, everybody creates word of mouth. So... Um, joining a system like this takes takes all kinds. Yeah, and uh, any particular product category that seems to reach out for your services more than another? Sure. Well, uh, food and beverages people love, mm -hmm. right? Who doesn't love to get a big box of candy in the mail? Right. Um, we also uh, do quite a bit of stuff in health and beauty, mm -hmm. uh, so fragrances, clothing, uh, items like that. We do uh, quite a bit of work um, in restaurants. Uh, I guess that's in the food category. Uh, retail, transportation is a big, a big area for us. Uh, things like cars and travel, um, and we also just, um, which we found really sort of fascinating, we do a thing um, called Good Buzz, where we do uh, nonprofits, and agents really seem to like to get involved with helping oh, what a great idea. nonprofits. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm surprised I didn't hear you say entertainment because uh, movies and other entertainment-driven uh, products out there, you would think uh, that you always hear the word buzz, the movies creating buzz, the actors, or you know, whatever. I'm surprised I didn't make your list there, Dave. You know, we we you know, movies and music has has uh, certainly always been an area that that has needed word of mouth to succeed, probably more than other products in some ways. Um, but we, it's not a category that we started in as a business, um, and, and they actually spend most of those industries, one of the reasons we, we didn't start there, most of the companies in those industries do a lot of street teaming, uh, sort of individual promotion and things like that, and we were afraid of, of getting lumped into that category. We're not, you know, we don't go out and hand stuff out and, and on sidewalks, and we don't, you know, sticker places and things like that, and there was a lot of that going on in that industry, so we, we didn't start there, and and since then, we've sort of, you know, we found niches in other places, and we've we've stayed there. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, buzz guide that each agent receives on a new campaign. Describe that for us. It's so, so the key to really engaging somebody to become an effective evangelist for any product or service is training, mm -hmm. right? Is educating them about how to be the best communicator with those around them possible. All right? We all share opinions. Uh, studies show that 15% of all conversations um, have something to do with a product or service. So this happens all the time. Now, how do you make that better? So the buzz guide is an education piece that we give to agents that helps train them about how to be a better communicator. So there's seven core components. It includes things like triggers, the right time to communicate, um, activities, what are the types of things you could do. You're not forced to do anything, and you're not even obligated to do anything, but what could you do? Um, and, and things like stories, because we all, we all talk by telling each other stories um, about brands and how they've affected us. Affected us. 
Um, you know, and so so we include those. We train the agents, and, and away they go. And is this what you would consider proprietary, or is it uh, is it something that you find that other firms are using? No, I mean it's 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 certainly something we developed. But you know, could I tell you it's it's rocket science? Mm-hmm. No, but we're very very good at how we d- deliver it, how we develop it. Um, you know, we certainly believe in the future. Um, you know, many companies are going to develop these types of things for their own. I, I actually, someone put in front of me a, a Land Rover catalog brochure. It's not a client. And this brochure had pretty much every element of our buzz guide and felt much more like an evangelist training piece mm. than it did like a sales collateral, right? Than it did like sales collateral. So we're seeing the trend out there in the marketplace to talk to a consumer um, as sort of a partner as opposed to someone that you're trying to sell is very, very important. Well, let's give you a chance to brag a little bit. List some of your clients that we would know by name. Sure. Well, we're we're actually just about to launch a campaign for uh, Nestle for a thing called Aquapod that's going to have ten thousand agents. Mm-hmm. So, if you're interested in in cool cool water um, or warm water, but cool looking water, it would be really <laughs> great. Um, we're we've just launched a whole bunch of campaigns in Canada um, for many big brands, um, uh, Knorr, uh, which is frozen entrees. Um, Unilever, lots of good stuff going on in Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. Other clients, you know, include, you know, Sun Microsystems, Anheuser-Busch, uh, Cadbury Schweppes, Lee Jeans, Levi's, um, Penguin for books. We do a lot with books. If you like to read, this is a great system. Mm-hmm. So all different types, and, you know, we've got all different types of people who like different types of products. So we got to... We gotta, um, you know, have something for everyone. Well, next uh, next segment, I want to ask mm-hmm. about some structure, fee structure, cost, and all that. We're going to hold that for uh, just after the break. And okay, okay, we, we'll do that. Uh, Dave Balter is our special guest out of Boston this weekend. If you want to become a Buzz agent or think about it, uh, here's the site. It's bzzagent.com. And uh, David and uh, Rachel and Brad Forsyth will be back here in just a moment with more on the advertising show at theadvertisingshow.com. Hope you enjoy it. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from Old Speedy. This is the advertising show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, welcome back. And, you know, Dave told us off the air that he is from Boston. We think he's from Peterborough, Canada, though. We <laughs> we know that he, uh, we, we just believe that to be true. So, Dave, with without your Boston accent, welcome back to the advertising well, show. Well, thanks so much. I, yeah. I'm a Canada wannabe. Yeah, well, welcome to the lower 58. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and, you know, Ray mentioned as we were going into break there that uh, if you were interested in becoming a, a buzz agent, uh, to log on. Do you accept people that might want to participate in your network? Uh, absolutely. So you just go to buzzagent.com, B-Z-Z-A-G-E-N-T.com, and uh, sign on up. As I said, uh, lots going on in Canada right now. So if you're Canadian, um, great place to sign up um, um, right now. Yeah, it sounds like it would be a cool uh, cool thing to participate in. And, you know, you'd mentioned in giving one of your examples of a a client project earlier last segment that you was driven by 10,000 agents. I'm curious, I, I guess maybe your agents, or I'm sorry, your fees are structured depending on how many agents you use, or how do you do that? Right, so we our fees are structured really on how many agents and then more importantly, how many communications they're going to drive. So we have 
Um, we measure communications by what we call generations. So, you know, the first person's in a, a buzz agent might be generation zero. Next person they talk to would be generation one, and then the person they talk to is generation two. In a typical campaign, each agent will talk to about 18 people. They'll go on and talk to about another 1.65. So, so what we do is we, in essence, look at those multipliers as the value of each person. And, um, and then we, for clients, we'll, we'll sell total number of agents, so a flat fee. We're going to buy 10,000 agents, um, which will work out to about 475,000 communications. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty powerful stuff when you start to, to add all that up. So, so some, somebody like Brad, who doesn't have a lot of friends, how, what would the value be? That'd be, be 1.6. He, be, he may only talk to three people. Yeah, but, that's true. We'll give him credit for uh, And that's for over the next year. <laughs> you know, that's hanging out at the bus depot. <laughs> Looking for those right. TVs. You could probably find 18 people there. That's true. Uh-huh. They all want to talk to me down there. Yes, they do. Uh, you know, so just give us a range. I mean, do you take some smaller clients that may have, what, uh, five grand or so? Or is it, I mean, does there tend to be a starting range of what? Yeah, our starting range is actually pr- a little closer to about 50 grand. Yeah. Uh, Fifty thousand. Uh-huh. Um, our average campaigns run somewhere in the three hundred thousand dollar range, but. Um, you know, we do have some starting programs, but if you know, if you're a, a real startup, we're, we're a we're you know we're probably priced out of your market. But b we wouldn't recommend starting with a company like us. We're really part of sort of integrated marketing plan and and um, one that that uh, you know utilizes lots of media forms. Yeah, and uh, curious about metrics. Uh, measuring word of mouth would still seem to be a bit challenging, I would think, and yet uh, you guys surely have some metrics in determining ROI. Sure. So, so there are really three ways. Uh, the first is a score we call the Net Promoter Score. People should look this up online. You can find it. Um, it was created by a gentleman by the name of Fred Reicheld. Wonderful scoring system that lots of companies, from American Express to Intuit to Enterprise, have started using um, outside of BuzzAgent. Um, the second is running regionalized programs, so you can actually prove lift in certain regions versus others. We do quite a bit of that. Um, and, and certainly that's a wonderful ROI indication, sales indication. And then the third is what I just mentioned, the generations um, and other qualitative data. How's word of mouth working? How fast is it spreading? How many people are talking? What do they say? All that information goes into helping people develop you know, media plans that, that really have value. Mm-hmm. And do you find that uh, clients have a sense of goals and so forth? Do you help them structure goals? Do you drill down on what they want to accomplish? How, how do you get after that? Um, you know, it's it's you get a little bit of everything. There are lots of clients who come in and say, if you can build me a program that does X, um, then it's worth it. Um, there are there are a, still a very good amount that says, I need to understand word of mouth more clearly. What is it going to do for me? Um, here are the things I need my brand to do. Which parts can it help? Yeah. Um, and what we often talk about is, you know, word of mouth is a is a wonderful credibility generator. It helps actually exponentiate the value of other media. It makes other media stronger and better. Um, and um, you know, there's certainly an acquisition uh, sales ROI element that is that is key to it as well. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, so? If someone's listening and they're on the client side and they're thinking about a buzz marketing campaign, uh, I would think if they're a, a decent sized company and aren't shy about fifty thousand or more investing, then they need to call you. And if it's uh, lesser budget, maybe they need to what just do some online research and figure out a good match for what they need, huh? Um, if it's lesser, that that's certainly one way they sh- they could go to Walma dot uh, org. Mm-hmm. OMMA.org and find other companies. Um, more importantly, I think the easiest place to start is to to make a great product and um, you know yeah. give people you know some you know customers who like your product. Let them let them know that you want them to help. You know right. sometimes just asking people 
to tell others will will start a little bit of a spark. So don't be don't be shy. Well, say hi to the hundred eighty thousand who are going to be hearing our show as part of the network. That's a good plan. Yeah. Dave Bolter is our special guest, and uh, Dave, thanks for being with us today here on the Advertising Show. Founder and CEO of Buzz Agents is buzzagent.com. That's B-Z-Z agent.com. We'll be back with more of the advertising show. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Uh, these are the three largest selling soft drinks. Now, let's have a look and see what makes them so popular. Now, as you can see, this one is a cola. It looks like a cola. But it's not. It, it tastes <laughs> no, like it's a not. Cola. And all colas have changed. Even the 7-Up has a new uh, recipe now, or whatever you want to call it, formula. Formula, yeah. It's a little bit different now. So it's uh, good talking with uh, Dave Balter out of Boston, founder and CEO of Buzz, Buzz Agent. And with 180,000 people understanding the concept of listening to this broadcast, that's yeah. pretty big. Yeah. That's a big. So it's, it's really cool stuff. Um, it really is. I love it. I love word of mouth uh, as well. I always like people when they say, you know, I don't do any advertising. I just rely. <laughs> yeah. And word of mouth. Well, well, you do. Yeah, and unlike uh, Dave's clients, you have no control over it. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, bzzagent.com if you want to learn more about Dave's company. Sure, very yeah. good, very yeah. good. And uh, I was going to say Ann Murray again. Andy Murray, global <laughs> CEO of Saatchi and Saatchi, is uh, the guest next week on the 18th here on the advertising show, and yeah. that should be great. And you know, while you're plugging, real quickly, Pat uh, Fallon, I mentioned uh, a few weeks ago, he's now author. He's instead of just being the founder mm-hmm. of the famous uh, you know Fallon agency out of Minneapolis and former... Uh, Former uh, uh, agency for, I say former, you hate to hear this, but yeah. you know, BMW, they handled for many, many years. So uh, they did a good job for yeah, many, many years. Citibanks, well. Holiday Inn, and others. But anyway, he's the uh, author of a new book called Juicing the Orange. I like that name. Yeah, that's great. And uh, uh, he will be a uh, guest on the advertising show Sunday, August 6th. Sunday, August 6th. So let me okay. mark that down. Write that down. Yeah. Uh, the AARP, I've got my second AARP magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and you're on the cover. They really no, no. Colin no. Powell's on the cover. Well, you know, if you're over fifty, mm-hmm. and it's involving the colon, this is good. This is a, yeah, it's a very good thing. <laughs> Speaking of Katie Kirk, yes, AARP, the largest, uh, the latest marketer to jump on the oral bandwagon by Uh-oh. hiring DMI Music and Media Solutions to develop the sound of the brand. DMI is charged with creating uh, music extensions that could include commercial jingles, branded CDs, and uh, a download uh, service to appeal to the AARP's largest uh, target market, the music lover, baby booming generation. Don't we already have stuff like that? Yeah, well, the other day I saw for the first time, I'm not their target, but there was a menstrual uh, uh, pharmaceutical ad, mm-hmm. and the background music was a uh, redo of an Allman Brothers cut. And I'm thinking, you know, you know you're getting old, Ray, when you look at a Playboy and you see the hot centerfold and, yeah. you, and you say immediately, I wonder what her mother looks like. <laughs> you know you're getting a little old. I understand. <laughs> uh, Patrick Meyer is with us every week here on the Advertising Show when he's talking, speaking of sex, Sex and Pipes version 1.2. Here we go. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. 
Today I'm going to talk to you about sex and pipes. Yes, Brad, you heard me right, sex and pipes. If you climb into the minds of CMOs today, one of the topics that's standing out is technology. How do I step forward on new media, new technology? It's moving so quick. My agency doesn't have a clue. My team internally, they haven't had a chance to embrace it. So they all want to know what to do about marketing and technology. So one day I'm taking one of my top clients, CMO, through a roadmap we created on new technologies and how to integrate it into the business over the next two to three years. He goes, hold it, I've got it. What you're telling me it's about is sex and pipes. Sexy content that makes the consumer scream with delight. And the pipes are new forms of media, new forms through cell phones and video on demand. So it's all about moving sexy content through these new pipes. And that's what the consumer will love. So how do you start? It's a little bit of ready, fire, aim. Don't hesitate. Jump in. Take 1%, 2% of your media budget and put it into some form of lead technology. Cell phone, SMS, retail, video on demand. Second, look at your video assets. What do you have? What do you have as content? So what kind of content do you have that you can share behind the scenes on this new form of media? Third, get your research people in a room. Create some metrics to start to test and to gauge. How are you doing? Fourth, create a roadmap. Lay out where are the corridors that you want to be focused on. You can't be everywhere. So pick out those that are right for your brand and your brand experience. So my friends, all I ask you to do is just jump in. Sex and pipes, build it into your marketing plan, and get out of the gate. Let's go. You've been listening to the Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. Hope you love those features. It's Patrick Meyer on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. The Advertising Show is a great destination to uh, to find out uh, not only about uh, the stuff that we talked about today with uh, word-of-mouth marketing and such, but a lot of great stuff. And it goes back several years. You've got uh, podcast and RSS feeds and a bunch of good stuff there at theadvertisingshow.com. We know you were, know where it's at, or somebody told you or something like right. that, right? What do you have there? Well, you know, you and I were talking, gosh, a couple of weeks ago about uh, Whoopi Goldberg's new uh, oh, yeah, new, the radio show. Yeah, new morning show through Clear Channel. Uh, and you know this guy. You're an old radio guy. I don't mean old that you're old, but you were in the radio yeah. business for many, many years. 71. Yeah, come over here, McCartney. I mean, Marconi. Marconi, <laughs> Marconi hello. <laughs> so anyway, longtime Clear Channel top 40 afternoon drive jock, yeah. Paul Cubby Bryant. Oh, okay. We'll be co-hosting the uh, program, Wake Up with Whoopi, uh, morning show, and it'll be launching July 31st, so uh, it's 5 to 9 a.m., and old Cubby finally, you know, he was MD at uh, Z100 in New York, mm-hmm. in addition to uh, doing a shift there, afternoon drive, but since, uh, and by the way, since taking over an afternoon drive, ratings yeah. have doubled for, for really? uh, yeah. Paul Cubby. Bryant. Bryant. Not Chubby, Cubby. Wasn't he in the Houston market as well? Many years ago. He, he was, was on the zoo recall. here, I believe, or maybe another. Well, anyway, yeah. he was. yes, he was in the Houston market. And, you know, uh, the guy that did, created the zoo here ended up in New York as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whatever his name is. Yeah. John Lander. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to John. He's with Whoopi now. He's sweeping her floors and I'm shining sure he her is. shoes. No, yes. I don't know what he's doing. But anyway, syndicated by Premier Radio Networks, if you're interested. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, we talk about newspapers from time to time here, folks. We have birds. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we do, but I use the paper bags for that. Uh, newspaper first quarter website uh, ad revenues provided by industry uh, uh, bright spots, uh, jumping 34.9 to $613 million, uh, according to the uh, Newspaper Association of America. Overall, newspaper advertising was flat for the quarter. That's no surprise. Yeah. Gaining just uh, 0.3% over last year's fourth quarter. It's $11.1 billion. So it's still a sizable place to take your money, but uh, it's obviously where the growth is. 
Yeah, and uh, real quickly, first uh, segment of the show when the phone rang. No, there was a second segment. That was a product placement. Thank you, Verizon. We're getting a check. That's I hope I hope we are. By the way, we we, we say thanks to uh, to Dave Balder once again, and I hope you can join us uh, next week on the advertising show. When our special guest is Andy Murray, not Ann Murray, but Andy Murray, global CEO at Saatchi and Saatchi. And uh, we'll talk with Andy for uh, for the hour, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll all learn something, I guess. Hope you had a good time today. Tell your friends about TheAdvertisingShow.com, which is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit them online at AdAge.com with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Hope you uh, come back next week, too, as well. This is a Big Radio Midgets production.